Welcome back to the Leveling the Field podcast with Tim Calise. In this episode, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about me. Then I started this podcast to help chronicle and document my experiences over the last 20 years. But quite frankly, why should you listen? And I think if you don't know who I am and a little bit about me, it'd be really tough to picture how and why uh, I've done what I've done and why I am making this podcast. So uh, welcome back. So as far back as I can remember, I have been entrepreneurial and I've been passionate about this idea of what entrepreneurship means, uh, which for me meant it was the process of creating something, you know, taking something from an idea through to designing it, to figuring out how you're going to make it kind of come into reality, what people would think about it, how they would use it, how you can make it better, etc., etc. And so uh, I, I've actually always said uh, that I am not creative in the true uh, kind of the artistic sense, uh, but the idea of kind of creating uh, a business or creating an idea uh, has always been something that has appealed to me. I was born uh, in New York on the North Shore of Long Island, and uh, as many people have said, uh, I am fortunate that potentially that uh, I, I left without uh, without the, the accent, uh, but I grew up on the North Shore of Long Island. Uh, I uh, had two great parents and two now looking back as at the age of 40, uh, two great sisters. Uh, probably uh, in my earlier years, I probably didn't feel that same way. But uh, my dad worked in finance. Uh, so he was in primarily in New York City and traveling all around the world for, for business. And my mom, she made sure that myself and my sisters, that we left the house uh, in one piece, uh, that we got to where we needed to go, uh, how we needed to get there, uh, and uh, to make sure that we basically showed up as generally good human beings, if you will. As I look back, I believe that uh, life is divided up into kind of uh, seasons, if you will. Um, Some folks use different terminology, but basically, you know, as I look back, there were kind of definitive kind of inflection points, uh, and they happened for me about every 18 years. So I look at kind of the first season, which was basically from a young age up till the age of about 18 uh, when I graduated high school. And so, as I mentioned, you know, my earliest memories are ones of wanting to do something big. Um, and I think that came kind of through osmosis from being around my, my dad and the work that he did uh, and the types of work that he did. He uh, was basically raised money for uh, power companies and, and utilities and things like that in the energy sector. Uh, and that afforded him the opportunity to travel all around the world. And so, you know, my memories were things like, you know, he would come back from a business trip in Europe, you know, after getting off the Concorde uh, with, you know, kind of the, the little... Uh, the pens and the other stuff that they used to give you. And so there was like this idea just from exposure and there's lots of possibility in the world. I was the kid who carried, you know, the briefcase uh, to school uh, in middle school. And so, uh, you know, I probably don't think there were many, you know, 10 year olds who, who knew what an attache was, uh, but that was kind of the kid that I was. And, you know, I, it was kind of my identity for, for a long time, you know, I think probably mimicking you know, who I wanted to be uh, in, in my later years. Uh, I was, you know, kind of the, the pudgy kid who, you know, really wanted to be cool, but in retrospect, you know, probably wasn't. But socially, I was the kid who could always, you know, kind of adapt and, and play in different social circles. I was an athlete. I played lacrosse growing up. Um, and baseball and things like that. Uh, so on, on one hand, I could kind of 
hang in that world. Uh, but then on the other hand, you know, I loved computers and everything tech and, and futuristic, if you will, on, on the other. And, and I think that exposure is really what was a reflection of my innate desire to understand how things worked. I constantly took things apart and sometimes put them back together again. And so, you know, kind of the idea of the nuts and bolts of how things operated uh, was always fascinating to me. But I was also super social uh, and I loved being on the phone. You know, typically when our house phone rang, uh, I was the first one to sprint to to go and pick it up. And, you know, I, I was also the kid who didn't take no for an answer. I would always probably try to figure out the what's a different way that I could get to wherever I, I wanted to go. Uh, and so that kind of theme continued on in this kind of first phase uh, in this first season of my life because I was constantly devising plans you know to get what it is that I wanted uh, even you know probably in the face of a super low probability that really didn't deter me at all so one you know example that came that's coming to mind is as I mentioned I grew up as a lacrosse player and I remember going on vacation one spring uh, and I really wanted my school to start a lacrosse team and I remember uh, I brought with me a catalog from one of the lacrosse supply stores. And I remember specking out uh, all the equipment that the school might need to start a team. So, you know, sticks and uh, pads and helmets and all the equipment. Uh, and I remember I put it all in a folder and I brought it on the plane and I spent the plane ride going through and picking out all of the individual pieces of equipment, finding out how many we would need, pricing it all out. And I recall very vividly being prepared at the end of that vacation to go to my school and present it as something that they should implement and in the athletic department. So, you know, I think that was just from an early age, kind of how my brain worked. And then, you know, as I kind of get into the, you know, kind of middle school, almost getting into uh, to the high school years, uh, I felt like I was just an, an older kid stuck in a younger kid's body. I was always moving, always thinking, uh, and always kind of dreaming about what was possible. And I knew that no matter what, uh, that life was going to kind of take me down the path of this ideation process of, of taking ideas uh, and bringing them to fruition, you know, and doing it with other people. I was always very collaborative and, and liked the idea of partnerships and always very creative uh, kind of in that way and, and never took no for an answer, which was a theme that uh, that has kind of stick, stuck with me to, to today. So, you know, kind of the first season was early on in my in my. Uh, uh, life all the way up to the, about the age of 18 when I graduated high school. Um, I went to a very small private high school in New York, stayed very close to home. And I think the themes there were, uh, it, I kind of flew under the radar, went with the, you know, went with the, uh, the flow, had a couple of very close friends. I hung out with uh, almost probably the majority, if not almost exclusively. And it introduced me to the sport of rowing and was teamed up with uh, a friend of mine, Jason Moskowitz, who uh, he and I kind of stuck together for, for sports for a number of years. Uh, and then that is what introduced me to uh, where I would go to college. So kind of the next season of my life started uh, in that transition. So uh, I moved from New York to the Washington, D.C. area. So I went to George Washington University uh, in Foggy Bottom in downtown D.C. Uh, which was a great experience and was highlighted from a, kind of a few memorable, uh, in retrospect, a few memorable events. So I was a rower. I was a member of the crew team for a couple of years. Uh, 
And, you know, quite frankly, the best thing that probably came out of that experience was it introduced me to my now wife, Ashley. So we've been together for now, uh, married for 15 years this year and been together for over 20. So uh, at the age of uh, uh, 40, I've been kind of, she and I have been inseparable for the better part of basically half of our collective lives. So at GW, I studied uh, economics and finance. uh, And from as early as I can remember, School was just one of those things that I was didn't really kind of probably take full advantage of. I was always looking forward to, you know, kind of what was to come, kind of the next step, getting out and starting to make money. Um, and this kind of entrepreneurial ideation streak that I had uh, when I was younger uh, came to came to a head my sophomore year in college, where um, myself and a couple of friends we started a late night snack delivery business uh, called Campus Snacks. Uh, and the idea there was that as college kids, uh, we were living in downtown DC. Uh, that's the K Street area, which if you know DC, you know is very very busy during the day, but effectively kind of goes quiet uh, after dinner. Uh, during during the week and even on weekends. And so as a college kid, there weren't really too many options uh, available to us. And so we came up with an idea of having a late night delivery service for all the things that college kids would want late night, typically coming back from wherever the, the night might have taken them. And so that was an idea we started in our sophomore year in college uh, and uh, was actually fairly well received uh, and was a great kind of first experience in how to take an idea to uh, to market. And then second, after that, we uh, thought about as college kids, you know, the, the concept of buying college textbooks, which were super expensive. You'd always buy them effectively new or slightly used at the beginning of the semester. And then the college would buy them back for, you know, fractions, you know, pennies on the dollar at the end of the semester. And it just didn't seem equitable for lack of a better term. So we started a business called Varsity Text. And the idea was it was a, a college textbook marketplace where students could buy used textbooks as well as sell them back. So effectively an eBay for college textbooks. Uh, and we had, that actually taught me a lot of really important uh, lessons, um, both of these experiences, which I'll expand on in, in future episodes. But that kind of my entrepreneurial streak then led me to a internship at uh, a company called Solomon Smith Barney, which is uh, a brokerage house. So we would help manage uh, folks' money. Uh, and we, you know, so you would call and we could buy stocks and bonds and things like that. Uh, and it's part of Citigroup now. Uh, but that exposed me to uh, a great friend and mentor to this day uh, who got to know me really well uh, and said, you know, you've got, you know, you've got other things that you could be doing than being here. And he introduced me uh, to my first kind of after college great experience where uh, I moved uh, from the DC area to Birmingham, Alabama uh, and had never been before, uh, but there moved there to uh, join a guy who was starting a hedge fund business uh, and using kind of my entrepreneurial business building you know, drive, uh, moved to Birmingham and he and I uh, began to build this business together. Uh, and over the next couple of years, we've raised over $300 million of capital in a couple of short years. Uh, and that experience showed me kind of the combination of right time, right vehicle, right offer, which has become a theme even to uh, to this day. 
And that experience was fantastic from about 2003 to 2007. Uh, and uh, for anyone who you know was either in the financial markets at that time, remembers that 2008 was a really tough time and we saw a lot of that coming. And so we shut the firm down at the end of 2007, returned all the 300 plus million dollars of capital that we had uh, in the fund. And I took that opportunity to move back to the Northeast where my wife and I both had family. Uh, very briefly joined uh, another uh, financial services company uh, in the Boston area, Boston, Massachusetts area, and then uh, very quickly actually moved to working with a tech-enabled fitness concept, uh, which was a company that we felt really passionate about because it married you know, the technology and kind of the futuristic piece of where services uh, were going uh, with the idea of helping improve the, the health, collective health in the communities in which uh, we decided to, to actually build physical club locations. But I love the idea of that, you know, kind of tech, bringing tech into fitness. Uh, and that was kind of a, a laid the stage for uh, about the next 10 years of my life, which was working both uh, with the, uh, the technology development teams, as well as opening and operating our own fitness locations. Uh, and the highlight there was uh, it ended with a, an opportunity to get to meet a couple named Alex and Layla Hormozzi. They w founded a company called Gym Launch, which was a fitness business consultancy. Uh, they started the business, uh, and I believe the numbers were, you know, in 2017, they did about $400,000 in revenue. Uh, and within a very short couple of years, um, they had done a collective over $50 million in revenue. And so it was a fantastic company, a great couple, solving real problems for uh, gym owners all around the country. Uh, and so through my gym ownership experience, which I'll expand on in, in a future episode, I had a chance to meet them and join them as a partner in the, the mission that they were on, which was to help gym owners make more money and be more successful. And, and so I think kind of the takeaway for me in that experience was it really exposed me to how marketing was done in this day and age through the creation of things like landing pages and offers and understanding you know, the customer service and customer experience flows and how all of that was put together in a very, very nice package. And, and so that experience really kind of led me to, you know, a, a change in paradigm or a change in, in my thinking uh, of what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it going for uh, going forward, you know, in, in my life. So I uh, think second phase was uh, kind of college through the age of uh, of about 37. And so the third season, which is the one I'm in now, wanted to take all of these collective experiences uh, and really I felt strongly about kind of looking at what opportunities were in front of me and taking all these experiences, all the knowledge, all the, the learnings and applying them to building something of my own. I have spent the last uh, couple of years working with small business owners, primarily service-based businesses uh, and those with recurring revenue, like a membership or a subscription, and helping them double their revenue and quadruple their cash flow in 24 months or less. And the reason why I focus there is because this was me for a number of years. I founded my own companies in the past. I put my own money at risk uh, and I know how hard it is uh, to be extraordinary. So I'm on a mission to help smaller service-based businesses, ones with recurring revenue primarily, like a membership or a subscription. 
I'm helping them double their revenue and quadruple their cash flow in 24 months or less with all of the experiences that I've had working with smaller companies as well as ones that do eight or nine figures a year and taking the best practices, belief systems, traits, and tactics from the successful group and helping smaller businesses avoid the 90% failure rate of small business within three to five years. So at its core, I condense time. So I shorten the learning curve and remove a lot of the risk that smaller business owners face in making mistakes. And those can be mistakes that we know about, like expanding too soon or going down the wrong path, as well as ones that we don't see. And those are the ones like underpricing, stuff that might not hurt day to day, but really stands in the way of making progress. And so ultimately, I believe that business is a game, uh, but it's a game that can be dominated now that I've been exposed to uh, how the top players play. Uh, And so, you know, as I look back across all of these seasons, so a number of things stand out to me, but in particular, you know, what I've noticed is the things that I perceived for a long time as to be my liabilities. So, you know, things like I don't have an MBA, uh, I didn't stick in one industry and go super deep. Uh, I now see those as my superpowers. And although there were, you know, there were many bumps along the way, I now see that those experiences have cemented my belief that I can do just about anything. And I love to learn and I love condensing all of the various bits of information that I've, uh, that I come across and making it useful for others. So this podcast and the future episodes is my way of serving and condensing all of that knowledge and experience into tactical, actionable things for you that hopefully that will help you steer your ship through calmer waters. So again, the name of this podcast is Leveling the Field, and we are leveling the field by bringing the tactics, methods, and traits of the best top performers and bringing those to you so that you can execute on them. And we're also leveling the field with that experience by dominating our marketplaces through differentiation so that we can win the game of business. See you guys on the next episode.